Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Cocoons of Horror, the podcast where we review classic horror films and other pulp fiction. In this episode, we take a look at The Color of Money, the sequel to the classic film, The Hustler. Paul Newman is back as Fast Eddie Felsen, but this time he's older, but still gorgeous. Also, Tom Cruise has the tiniest earring to still qualify as jewelry. Where, where do you, do you think he got that at Child World? I know, it was just like, why even have it? Steve, what's your relationship with Martin Scorsese? I think, I mean, I, I would say I've seen, I think I've seen most of his work. I mean, he's right? got like 67 of just the movies he's directed, but I think that there's a lot in there that's like like every now and again he'll direct a documentary and right, right, right. And there there's some crap. I mean, there's some legit crap in that list. Yes. Uh, and then there's some of the best movies ever made in that list. Yeah, so when I say most, probably not, probably not most. I mean, I guess if we're counting I mean, if we're if we're talking director not documentary uh it's got to be a fair amount though yeah people uh, are kind of mixed on gangs of new york do you how do you feel about gangs of new york I, uh i like i've only seen it once but i remember liking it i i like it i mean it's 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 kind of an odd ending but i think scorsese's kind of known for his understated endings or curveballing well yeah i mean you except for the, I except for the one except for the departed right that was the yeah. one that was that was actually the curveball because you were like no he doesn't do endings like that no then he, then he does like the worst ending <laughs> then he does the worst ending ever. i mean the departed is such a it's like <laughs> it's such a like you know where like m night Solomon is like kind of known for like taking a movie that might be like eh, and then at the ending is enough to be like oh no that was it's like a comedian with a really good closer but like a bunch of pedestrian bits up until then <laughs> sure, sure. you know you're like oh no that was great that was uh, that bombastic closer was wonderful and then they're like oh, he was wonderful and then I so did and... I did I really liked the departed I really did not mind the rat ending uh I I mean of course everyone it's kind of iconically bad ending it's it I've never revisited the departed because of that reason. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no, I, I, I oh, this it about ruins. rats. Oh, like ruins. rats. Like, like, like they were ratting on each other. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, it doesn't, didn't ruin it for me. It didn't, it was on the nose. Yes. Yeah. It was unnecessary. Of course. Is still a movie that had a great DiCaprio performance. Yeah. Great Damon performance. Alec Baldwin is lovely in that movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then yeah. you've got, you know, Jack Nicholson with a black dildo. And yeah. I think yeah. Finally. <laughs> uh, that was the one we were all waiting for. 
if the rat had been good had like been dragging along the dildo at the end bravo you know what i mean like then like yeah now i get it like pizza rat except for it's jack dildo it's just dildo rat yeah <laughs> which which brings us to the latest movie we reviewed dildo rat <laughs> the very odd sequel to the hustler <laughs> so <laughs> so what's your favorite what's your favorite uh scorsese goodfellas I, yeah, right. I I feel like that's that's the movie that I will always rewatch if it's on. Mm-hmm. I'm always surprised by how good it is. I'm always horrified by Pesci. Yeah. Uh, I'm always amazed. I mean, like if you look back at Ray Liotta's filmography, not a great actor, just not a great actor. But that film, he's amazing. Have He's you seen amazing. Hubie? Have you seen Hubie Halloween though with Adam Sandler? I I have not seen. Is he is Ray Liotta in Hubie Halloween? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are Short you saying that, are you saying it was his best performance? Well, it's probably his best performance since Goodfellas. How about that. <laughs> so I, there's just so much about that film that I love, but this film's up there. I mean, this is an odd. This is kind of an odd Scorsese film. Paul Newman, Tom Cruise, in a Martin Scorsese picture. He's got the eye, he's got the stroke, he's got the flake. Vincent's the best. We got a racehorse here, a thoroughbred. You make him feel good, I teach him how to run. I'm not your daddy, I'm not your boyfriend, so don't be playing games with me. I'm your partner. And I, I think, in general, people don't associate this film with Scorsese because he right, was so I, young at the time and because it's it's a Newman Cruise joint, you know? Right. I had kind of forgotten that he directed this. But I mean, like, keep in mind, I mean, he's up until this point, I mean, he's he's had he's had Mean Streets, he's had Taxi Driver, yeah. he's had Raging yeah. Bull. This is right before he treats us with the, the last temptation of Christ. Sure. Which yeah, is arguably so... it, it's his funniest work. That's his funniest work. <laughs> well, I will say this. With Color of Money, you could argue that it's not even one of his 10 best films. Sure. And yet, I i mean, for me, it only gets better. I feel like every single time I watch it, I notice something else. And I, I, I've i started to appreciate it for things that are particularly Scorsese. Like, the camera is almost an actor in this film. Mm. Uh, the camera work in this film is unbelievable. So I don't know. I think I, I I would not I would not begrudge someone who said, yeah, that's not a great Scorsese movie. Kind of a miss. I would totally get that. And if someone said that's my favorite Scorsese film, I'd think, oh yeah, I get that too. So it's it's kind of a goofy one because it's a sports movie, and you don't usually associate Scorsese with sports movies. Well, I mean, it's. It's a sports movie in the sense that there's sports in it, right? I mean, it, it does all the things that a sports movie. It's it's got a lot of tropes that sports. Yeah, but it it have. does go out of its way to subvert it because I think the film itself, the story is about subverting in terms of in terms of pulling off a hustle for a big for a big deal. Like it, it's it's your kind of your classic like more like a gambling movie, right? Like which I guess is sports, but like when you get the you know you don't play the the cards, you play the player. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you've got going on here, right? There's he's he's like, look, this is about money. 
So it's not well, so much not about only com- that, if it's okay, if it's if it's kosher to call it a sports movie, it's a sports movie where every single time one of the main characters is losing, you're cheering for that. And every single time that they're winning, there's something that's gone horribly wrong. Right, right. And I can't think of another movie that does that, where it's like as soon as Tom Cruise starts winning the game, you're thinking, oh, you idiot. Did you learn anything? Yeah, and it's really interesting because, and the reason why I'm reluctant to, I mean, like like I said, it's a movie about a sport that, and and he's, like in it, he kind of explaining, like, look, this is not about the game so much. You're you're playing people. You're you're, and mm-hmm. so the movie itself does that too. Scorsese, as a director, doesn't allow you to to get into the sports. He he teases you to it, right? He teases you with this competition that's really kind of a kind of a lackluster buildup, right? If this were a sporting movie, I mean, the, the tournament itself would be would be much more lavish. Well, it would be like the be... last half hour of the movie. Right. And and it's interesting how we never really see him win. Like we don't see the moment. Yeah, we he just he just sort of wins. Like he's yeah. like, OK, it's like you see. You, so it, he it, Scorsese takes you to the moment where you're yeah. watching these guys play pool. And then next thing you know, it's like patting on the back. Like, yeah, you don't you, there's not this big dramatic. Oh, the ball had to jump over another ball. If that would have been a that if this were a truly like a pool movie, like about sports and you would mm-hmm. see those kinds of scenes. Right. And uh, well, you do see I, a bit of that, and and I think you see a, quite a bit of that in in the Hustler, right? I think that that movie will give you those scenes, a lot lots of those scenes. But this movie's so different because what we've learned in the Hustler is that Paul Newman's character, Fast Eddie, is a loser. He's a loser. You know, fast forward fifty years. Now he's like the best loser. He's figured out I can be the best loser ever. And I, I, I've gotten so good at losing. I've created an art form out of it. And I could teach this to someone with natural talent. I, if I could just teach this idiot, Tom Cruise, how to lose, he'd be the best. He'd be the best at it. I mean, we talk about Rocky subverting the, the, you know, sports movies or whatever. We're at least rooting for him to win. You know, this movie, <laughs> what are we rooting for? We're rooting for someone to be- to lose believably enough so that the other person can win and feel OK about losing their money. Yeah. And it's a uh, it's an interesting ride. Like, so I've only seen this is only the second time I've ever seen it. Is that right? Yeah. And I think I saw it. I must have seen it when it was probably like in in the late eighties. Like so, it came out in eighty six, and I know I definitely saw it on like VHS. It was something that was being watched at the house. I think I wasn't really going out of my way for it. So this was in many ways like watching it for the first time because I was I was too young to really appreciate. Yeah, there's probably had, a lot that you didn't remember, right? Right, and I hadn't seen the Hustler when I had seen this the first time. So, um, so this was an a, a definitely an interesting watch. The first thing that gets me is like. Why, why, you know, this was a WTF moment. Like, why this font? <laughs> you you like, didn't like right that, out the, the gate, the right out the gate. I'm like, font. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what, what's, what's going on here with this font? Like, it's, it's odd. It's like weirdly, it's like whimsically sinister somehow. <laughs> like, well, like, is well, it, I don't just, know. Let me just say this about this. I don't think there's anyone in this movie who's not a loser. Like everyone, everyone has in this movie has devoted their life either to like selling liquor 
or hanging around bars or losing at a pool game or or even more depressing winning a pool tournament right right <laughs> everyone in this film is a loser and i what i hear you saying is even the font in this movie. Oh, the font. Movie. The font just failed immediately. <laughs> like I was right I, off the bat, you're like, this is what this movie's gonna be about. Well, that's what I love is like, you know, and I feel like like Scorsese sitting there going, Okay, we have a guy that you know, this is fast that he felt he's also um he's selling liquor, but he's the whole point is that he's selling like kind of counterfeit liquor. <laughs> he's trying to get yeah, you to, right. <laughs> to buy cheap booze and he's, he's even got labels. To sell. He's trying to sell a girl a woman he's sleeping with. Liquor that she could pass off for better liquor. <laughs> right. What I love is that's not even wild turkey. <laughs> and he's got wild turkey labels. He's gonna get, just... <laughs> he's gonna sell her stuff that she could pass off as wild turkey. Right. Yeah, I love that. So I so I think Scorsese's like, oh, so here's what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you a movie with a font that's gonna suggest that it's something very different. Like maybe you think it's gonna be a movie about gangs in the eighties. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this, all right. So then we have Scorsese doing the voiceover. Nine ball is rotation pool. The balls are pocketed in numbered order. The only ball that means anything that wins it is the nine. Now the player can shoot eight trick shots in a row, blow the nine, and lose. On the other hand, the player can get the nine in on the break if the ball spread right and win. Which is to say that luck plays a part in nine ball. Voiceovers are, are curious things, right? Especially when they don't show up again. Right. You know, and so it's uh, like, give me a chance to see if I need it. Right. You know, and I mean, again, so, you know, maybe this was his, <laughs> his rat. Uh... Well, famously, I mean, a big part of Goodfellas is Ray Liotta's voiceovers. Yeah. But that's him as a and narrator, then, right? Halfway through the movie. It switches to Deborah Winger's voiceover, which I think is like a brilliant and un, unforeseen move, right? So I, I I don't think that he's at the height of his powers yet as a director, but I think you every now and again you see in this film he's playing with things that are going to become really important with later films. Mm. Yeah, the voiceover didn't quite work, it, even in terms of like trying to explain the rules of nine ball. It was done very simply and elegantly, but if I was first watching this, I would not have understood the rules of nine ball. Just, just yeah, that's listening fair. to this voiceover. So I think that's kind of a. I mean, you and fail. you could have done it in a different way, right? Like, I mean, you could still have your goofy font and and credits going, and then you could have Paul Newman explain or get anybody explain it, right? And then as it cuts to like to, but then I would have noticed the that. You know, yeah. I would have been like, oh, he's talking to me. He's not actually talking to the character in the scene. Right, right. So maybe maybe this is actually a better move. than it, That way everyone in the film is believably in the film. Maybe a and Star Wars type scrawl that just tells <laughs> you the need, rules. We need the scrawl in that red font. <laughs> yeah, that goofy font. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> um, this movie has got some serious loser energy throughout and i feel like even the setting it's like the midwest and like dirty winter yeah like it's not there's like the the snow the snowfall is magical it's like no this is february this is in a city the snow's brown you're gonna have to step over it to go into your seedy little pool hole yeah 
And I kind of felt like, like, so I just rewatched The Hustler a few days ago. That movie is supposed to be about lowlifes, but they're all kind of like wearing three piece suits. Yeah, they're dapper. Fedoras. Yeah, there's kind of yeah, they're 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 dapper lowlifes. Even the street toughs that are going to beat him up and break his thumbs, they could have walked out of my church on on yeah, Sunday. Right. It would have been believably, you know, which church, does add. I mean, but now that might have just been because the you know movies weren't uh, leaning into that kind of like realistic grittiness quite yet. You know, maybe I don't know, or it could have been a choice to say, yeah, you know what, low lives. You'd be surprised they're they're right around you. They're at church with you. <laughs> or I think it could be something like. In the 1940s or 50s, whenever that was supposed to be, people were building pool halls because they made money. People went in there and spent money on liquor. By the 1980s, it's the same pool halls. They have not been updated. They feel lived in. And no one wears a fedora. Mm. Right? Everyone's wearing pool hall attire. Does Mm. that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, this may be the first fedora free movie in the history of film. <laughs> so uh yeah even that even that felt like yeah this is that really does feel like what it what it's like to be in the midwest in the winter and what's the end game it's to get to atlantic city for a pool tournament that's a very that's the most depressing very, statement i've ever said yeah and that pool ta- and that pool tournament is very like like uh okay <laughs> Like everything about it, just like, oh, this is the big time, huh? This is the big time. And the whole point of the tournament is that you can make more money in the green room in the back. Right. Not during, it's it's almost like a conference where it's like, yeah, you might go to a session, but the real, the real thing is just sort of networking or whatever. This It's nice to know that pool players have a, a gathering that they, that they can look forward to. Yeah. So totally from start to finish, this movie's about someone who's turned losing into an art form. And I think that you could read the ending where he says, I'm back as like a heroic statement, but I kind of read it as, Oh, you're, you're hustling again. You're, you you're, suck. You're, you're, <laughs> you're back to losing again. You, you th- This is the most depressing thing that could have happened to you. You could be in the Bahamas right now with your hot girlfriend You've decided I'm going to live in pool halls because that gives me a little dopamine high. Even if you lose, you're a loser. He's yeah. still fast Eddie from the hustler. Yeah. So I, I think that that's kind of a brilliant, it's kind of disguised, I think, as sort of a heroic statement at the end. Yeah, It's a real odd, it's an odd journey, right? And I'll be honest, I, I'm still trying to figure out when uh, Cruz tells him or vince tells him uh you know you used us I'm like, yeah, yeah but to do what <laughs> i was gonna ask you that question i don't know <laughs> i've got, I've got <laughs> a couple ideas here but i mean i i was, I was curious to hear I, what you would say about that because i was i because i because when you because why when he says it i'm like wait what did i miss <laughs> like where was that reveal right like where the, am i uh, because like you're you're constantly waiting to see who's gonna who's going to hustle who, right? Like yeah, it, yeah. as soon as the movie starts to really take off, you get a sense of like, I can't trust any of these people. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, so it's like on one hand you go, if this was, if this were played up like a, a real sports film, you know, then it would have been like, Oh, maybe he used him to, so that he could go out there and observe the field. 
because uh, he really wanted to win this tournament, right? And so he he was he he went in as the front man, um, you know this this jerk or whatever. But really, he was it was flipping it, right? Like so, he was uh, Cruz was the whole time was was uh, his vehicle for this, mm-hmm. um, and it really didn't matter to him whether or not. Yeah, I think that's pretty close to my reading of this. I think it was kind of like you made this seem like I was the racehorse. Mm-hmm. And the whole time it was, this was all you, this was all about you. You were this just is, yeah. using me to get to Atlantic city. This was all about you from the very beginning, which I don't think Newman knew that that was the case. His response is, what does it matter? You, you, you're not working at child world anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Also, can we have can we have like a we've we've seen Top Gun Maverick, right? So we know Tom Cruise is not a stranger to doing a sequel, uh, like following like his character, uh-huh. right? Like many years later. So like we and this movie is another example, right? I mean, it's it's yeah. uh, Newman reprising this role. Like, can we have uh, like the color of money is like just like just Child World? I want a movie called Child World. Where Vince is back and he's like managing now, and like he's he's, he's managing Child World. Yeah, and uh... <laughs> well, this has I w- this has some parallels to Top Gun Maverick because what happens in Top Gun Maverick? They bring in the old wily veteran to teach the young talent to do the mm-hmm. thing, but at the end of the day, the wily old veteran resumes his place as the hero of the story mm-hmm. so it wasn't about wasn't a, in this movie it's not about Cruz. it's it's about newman i think that's one way you could read it you could you used us you made me feel like i was the main character in reality i was always a role player in your story it's amazing how quickly the film and scorsese successfully does that where all of yeah. a sudden he just we just sort of abandoned Tom Cruise. So when he comes back, it feels like it had been forever since we've seen him. And we're yeah, like, ah, screw exactly. this guy. Cause like it's 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 something because like you you start to invest in in Cruise a bit. I mean, he's a little bit of a cardboard character. Um and I think Cruise actually does a really good job playing this guy. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm I think he's brilliant. I think that yeah. this is this is the role that he should have done 10 times. Yeah. I feel like he he kind of became this flat heroic character and so he's almost even though Cruz has never done a superhero movie he's almost like a superhero in every single movie he's ever done well mission impossible he's almost a superhero right yeah he's basically a superhero in in those films or you know any any film where he kind of is going to just use ride his talent to victory it's almost like okay if he if he has a flaw it's maybe that he's too cocky or something but he's gonna win this is a this is like a born winner. And he conveys that sense from the beginning and all the way to the end, he's going to win. You you never doubt that he's going to win. This is the role that he's basically their mark. He's being played by his girlfriend. He's being played by Fast Eddie. He's kind of stupid. All he wants to do is play video games and work at Child World. And these guys come in and they hustle him and they use him to make money. So he's actually, he's actually functioning as a racehorse at one point that, you know, they, they use that as a metaphor. Right. But they're also treating him like an animal. 
And at one point he yells, I'm an animal. He he this guy is a doofus. He's yeah. an absolute doofus. He wears a, his name is Vince, and it and he's at one point he's wearing a shirt that says Vince. And he's like, Yeah, keep the shirt on. <laughs> I this this is he plays this guy so believably. I think this is the best Tom Cruise performance. Yeah, that's really good. And it's it's and looking back again, because I when I was younger and it was like, yeah, it's Cruz being Cruz. But really, there it's a it's a much more nuanced performance. He's pitiful in many ways, even when he's even when like, he's the coolest guy in the the room. The room is full of lowlifes, you know? Yeah. So. And and when he's at his sweetest, he's at his most like almost pitiful. Right. Like, I mean, like because yeah. even when he's kind of sincere and like uh-huh. you kind of see like, I mean, the, when, when the, the conversation at child world is pretty, pretty remarkable. Like he does a great job in that scene. Um, uh-huh. And Newman is is just playing him so so well, and but it's believable. Like you really believe, like like he's 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 a sweet dunderhead. And I love the um the the whole she's got like she's still wearing a necklace or she's wearing something from that she stole from. She she stole his mother's necklace and she wears it during a robbery. She wears it, and his response is, "Yeah, my mom's my got mom one has, just like that." Like that, yeah. And he's like, she's like he's sweet like that's code for he's an idiot (laughs) okay he's an idiot we met we met because i got caught i love this robbing their place and i still wear her necklace that i stole and he thinks it's a coincidence (laughs) i mean that tells you but see that now that's i think great filmmaking right i don't know how much of that is from the actual novel um but this is this is an example of this is why you don't need a narrator or a voiceover or or exposition. It's, that scene tells you everything you need to tells know about you Vince. Everything about this character, and I think this is that the kind of filmmaking that I really yeah, yeah. you know adhere to because it's just it's like okay, this is this is how you trust your audience, and this is how you this is how you reveal a, a lot about a character super fast. So you mentioned the scene at Child World. I'm just, I'm just so sad that I can't go to Child World. world. <laughs> like, what is this place? They're cutting like deals a, at Child it's like World. Like a superstore for baby formula or something. Yeah, they're cut. They're cutting deals on Australian-made swings. You know. <laughs> All right, my favorite scene with Cruz is the scene that comes after that. So Newman's planted this seed that says, "You're getting boring. You're losing her." Right. Mm-hmm. So the scene after that is. Newman gives him the balabushka. So he he gives it to him and you got that whole like Excalibur moment where he's like, you know, the Hattori Hanzo moment where he's holding the the pool cue in his hand and he's just, this isn't for me. This is for like Babe Ruth or something. So he's super excited about the pool stick. Goes out, showing showing it off. Now he's in love with her. So he's in love with Carmen. So he wants to show Carmen. So there's two layers so far. There's the layer where like he's excited that he's holding this this amazing work of art in his hand. But he's also in love. So now he wants to share it with her. At the same time, what's what's going on is that Newman whispers in her ear, "Hey, go take go take five outside," because they've decided that they're they're going to con him. So she's gone, and then you see him walk around like in desperation, like "Where's my girlfriend?" Like I'm, I, I think I might have lost her. She, she might be gone. 
So he's like excited about the work of art. He's in love with her. He wants to share it. He feels desperate and insecure. She comes back in the room. They get into an argument. So on top of all of those layers, now he's frustrated. Now he's angry. And she's totally playing the part. Like the more he feels insecure, the more likely we're going to get him on the road and make money off him. And the scene ends with him telling her that he's got this balabushka, but he delivers it like, like he's already, he's pissed, he's insecure, he's in love, and he knows it's going to come out wrong. And she's like, great, fine, you've got a balabushka. How many layers is he putting into this scene? And I kind of feel like I don't get that in many cruise performances. So that, right. that scene right there tells me there's something about this guy that's amazing that for some reason I have not seen in many other films. Yeah, no, I, I, in, because we've talked about Cruz obviously in the, in the Maverick, um, uh, review and it's easy to, to sort of dismiss his abilities, right? Because like you said, I mean, he kind of like, like you need, you, you write a movie for the Tom Cruise character that Tom Cruise does, you know, and I think he's, and I think he is good. I mean, I, 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 like I said, Minority Report, I think is great. And I think it's, you know, not great despite him. I think it's great, you know, partially because I think he's the right guy. And so with this one, um, because I was revisiting one where I felt it was like cocky Cruz and his cocky prime, you yeah. know, young and, and, and he just fit the role. Like we're like, Oh no, this is, this character is, is crazy insecure. Yeah. That's and, right. uh, and so it's a really interesting way to um, bring fast Eddie back because you have, like, it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating. Cause it's like, it could have been this, could have gone a thousand different ways, right? It could have been like, oh, I'm going to redeem this guy because he's doing what, you know, he's making the same mistakes I made, right? So there's yep. almost a redemption story, you know, by proxy. But it's not that. It's not that at all. I mean, he's going to use him. Fast Eddie's Fast Eddie, and that's all he knows. And he sees a guy that's like super talented and dumb. And uh, that seems like a pretty good combination for what you need, right? Well, on top of that, he he makes him almost immediately. Like mm-hmm. he's, he, the very first scene is like he's the steak horse for John Turturro, right? And he's trying to sell this liquor, and he kind of like turns around and like almost immediately he sees that's the most talented, stupid guy I've ever seen in my life. Right, right. <laughs> and almost, I like, I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't really, the movie doesn't really tell me this, but I, my feeling is that like the minute he sees Tom Cruise. He has mentally divorced himself from John Turturro. Oh yeah, like John Turturro's yesterday's news. Like this is the this is the horse I was waiting for, and uh, you know Turturro ends up you know leaving and you know he comes back a couple other times in the film, but he tells him you suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, love Turturro, love young Turturro. Uh, yeah. Forrest Whitaker. Did you remember yeah. Forrest Whitaker was in this film? I, I did not recall that. <laughs> that is bullshit. I never did that. That is luck, man. Uh, uh, I'm really sorry. There's nothing I can do. Nine ball fell. <laughs> you hustler, Amos? Come on, Eddie, man. Look. You're a hustler. Hey, 
You don't want to pay me? Keep it. Forget it. I don't want no bad feelings. I mean, a guy loses. I lost, I paid. <laughs> you a hustler, Amos? Just a shout out to Forrest Whitaker. I that scene was fantastic, and you needed you needed an, a good actor for that role. Mm-hmm. You needed an actor that would believably be able to hustle fast, Eddie. Yeah, that was a very convincing uh, performance in such a small span of time. With what he's doing, it's like it could easily gone uh, a little more cartoonish or whatever but yep. like he was he was super convincing he was great it was a fantastic uh, performance yeah real like scene stealing type yep. uh performance but it's funny like how again i saw this when i was pretty young and when forrest whitaker's in there like i that scene like it's funny what what resonates right like i couldn't tell you much about that scene uh-huh. um but seeing it again, I'm like, oh, I like I had a memory of that scene because it is it's an interesting turning point. Right. And it, but it does bring the question is, was it real? Like, was he was that part of the hustle, too? Mm. You know, and you get the sense that I'll go, he, he can't see and he's so he's getting himself back in better shape or whatever. But like it's. You don't trust anything. <laughs> well, I did, for that reason, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, Carmen character. Mm hmm. Um, so this is, uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, mm-hmm. which that's a fantastic name. Yeah, it really is. I, I'm almost, I, I'm almost tempted to compare her to Butch Cassidy, um, because mm. you had the two guys, one girl thing. Yeah. yeah. But in that film, Etta is almost like, she's like the, the, the human witness to these two guys. So she's almost like brings a sense of humanity and, and the, the audience is really linking with her. She's kind of a stand in for the audience in that. Right. In this film, Carmen is absolutely a con artist. Oh yeah. We never see any montage with like Newman saying, Hey, you know, if you just, just a lighter touch on this kind of shot, you can make the ball do that or this and nothing like that. Right. But we do see him oftentimes pull her inside and say, we're businessmen. Here's how it has to go. You need to be able to read the room. You need to be able to read me so that you know whether or not I'm a mark or I'm a hustler. And so he's coaching her up more than he. Yeah. And that's and, and that becomes. Uh, but then at the same time, he also uses her in that same regard. Like he can't he can't help it. Right. That's who he is, right? So he's still, even though he may be like, hey, I can make you a better con artist at the same yeah, time, yeah. it's like, in doing so, he's appealing to what interests her. And so she now, he because he he can't get Tom Cruise to listen to him in, in many cases, but he knows the power that she wields. In fact, that's the whole point. Like he used, he fabricated this relationship uh, drama to, to, to lure Tom Cruise uh, away from child world um and and now he's kind of got her is like well he needs her to to keep him in check 
And so he's yeah. just this, you know, it's a, uh, you know, you look at the poster too, right? Like the poster is this, uh, you know, Newman Cruz, the color of money. And you've got, you know, uh, Master Antonio and, and uh, you know, kind of in, in, in the, a little bit in the, in the, the background, you've got uh, Tom Cruise in the foreground with his, with his pool cue. And you've got a very large, uh, uh, you know, Newman figure like in, in the back, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it really kind of shows like, it's an interesting poster that's not just there to tell you, hey, these three people are in a pool movie. It really helps to give you a sense of what the dynamic is. Yeah, he's behind right. all of this, and he's larger than they are. That's right. And and uh, in fact, he's it, in the supervillain. Uh, he's occupying the supervillain space. If you think about right, it. yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, so this movie is absolutely about Paul Newman from start to finish. I feel like I think just a little bit of research on this. He really gets this movie made. He really presses the script to be written and rewritten. And he ends up winning best actor for this. Which many people felt like was a bit of a, oh, man, how have we not given him a uh, an yeah. Academy Award yet? Because I mean, yeah, he's it was a little bit. It was a little bit like, uh, well, almost like Scorsese getting it for The Departed. Finally, right? Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. You probably, but, you know, uh, you know, they were probably like, "Hey, all he has to do, all he has to do, is get on base, and we'll give him the Academy Award." And they're like, "Oh, he's doing great." And then that rat shows up, like, "Ah, oh, dang it!" <laughs> oh. Um. So, I've been thinking about this a lot this week, and I think I'm ready to say this out loud. Paul Newman is my favorite actor. Wow, that's a big move. Yeah, I think I mean just trying to think of like because because I was thinking like I I love me some young Pacino, love me some young Pacino, mm-hmm. but he just becomes such a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Later on, I I, I kind of feel like mm-hmm. this is the move. This is the move right here. This film, you push for a movie to be made, you take the old man role but you play it more subtly than you used to. That's the move. You don't go over the top. I mean, I, I love, I, I kind of love Brando, but I kind of feel like I missed Br- most of Brando. Like Brando's career was basically over by the time I was interested in movies. Yeah. That's fair. Um, whereas, you know, Newman was still pumping out movies like this. So I, I feel like, I feel like Paul Newman can do no wrong. I I I don't know. I mean, I could probably point to a, a few dogs of movies along the way, but man, this guy is this guy's Butch. This guy's Cool Hand Luke. This guy's HUD. This guy's you know Fast Eddie Felson twice over. So I don't know. I just feel like he's doing things that I don't see other people do on the on the screen. I I will say that I probably don't have. Um... I mean, I've seen a lot of, I mean, I, I I think I've seen a lot of his films, but I don't know that I have. Like, really, if I really look at it, um, I don't know that I've seen a lot of that early stuff, right? Like, I mean, you I, see the verdict. I, I've seen the verdict once, you know, and I, I didn't, I probably didn't appreciate it enough. Or I think I've seen it twice. Uh, Butch Cassidy's great. Cool and Luke, I uh, visited a bunch. I love The Hustler. Um, the Sting is fun. I know you don't, you don't like I'm not the a Sting, big, though. yeah, I don't like The Sting. Uh, you know, it's one of these movies where it's like, uh, it it looks like it's going to be good. And I, I keep thinking that I'm going to like it and I, I try mm-hmm. it and I don't like it. 
So but like I he's love got a him. lot of stuff that was bef- like like older stuff, right? I mean that I'm I've never seen most of these things, um, you know. And then uh, you get into some of the later stuff when he's so I kind of know him probably more as an older. I never saw the Towering Inferno. I love the idea that that him and McQueen hated each other though, um, <laughs> right? And there was a right. there was a big controversy about like who was going to get top billing. So they actually have both names come across at the same time. <laughs> on the screen Um, so i love i i love newman and i'm i feel a little bit embarrassed to admit this but my day-to-day work attire is paul newman in this film i know i i could definitely see that that uh i i will unironically i will wear a sweater vest i'm gonna wear a collared shirt Maybe a red turtleneck under a blazer. You ever throw that? I, down? Oh gosh, if if I could pull that off, that'd be great. I I do feel like like that gray suit, the collared shirt, the red sweater vest in this film. It really kind of conveys that sense that like, okay, you're you were really stylish thirty years ago. No one else is dressed like this in this pool hall, <laughs> and yet. <laughs> That's what I wear every day. When I go into the <laughs> office. Yeah, yeah. So you're not dapper Newman from The Hustler. No, you're you're down on his luck counterfeit liquor salesman. Yeah, yeah. And and I'll be honest, if I could just pull off the mustache, I would absolutely <laughs> do that. Like I've I've got the full beard, but if I could just pull off the mustache, I'd be I would happily pull off the Newman mustache in this film. Oh man, now he's. Uh, I mean, he's. It's it's crazy how dreamy he is too, though, right? I mean, it's just. Oh, he just you could, you know, even I, I rewatched the hustler. That's a black and white movie. His eyes are amazing, even yeah. in that black and white. <laughs> yeah, movie. Some somehow they found a way to colorize just the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so my these eyes will not be grayscaled. Um, and and I, and, I, and this is gonna be a you know a, a controversial statement, I'm sure. Um, but like. I wonder if people really understood what it meant to be gay until he was on the scene. Why do you say that? I'm just saying. I mean, oh, I, you I, think he he turned a lot of church going Republicans gay? Yeah, yeah. Like all of a sudden, it was like, hey, you know what? <laughs> it's all right. I can say this now. Well, it's funny that you say that because like he opens closets doors for me, man. It's funny that. that you say that because I read that the reason why they added his older girlfriend that wants to go to the Bahamas is because there was some question about what his intentions were toward Vince. Oh, is that right? I I think a few people saw this and, or saw the script or saw something about this film and thought, I don't think that we can not include a love interest for Newman. Hmm. Because it looks like he's got designs on uh, on Tom Cruise. What an interesting movie that would have been too, though. If you jo- if you never go there, but you just sort mm-hmm. of have that as, as sort of built in as a potential. Because there is, I mean, he is Tom Cruise, especially I mean, again. This is the he's he did Top Gun the same year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cocktail comes out a year after. Um, he's in many ways. Maybe not necessarily with the re- regards to their acting chops, but in many ways he's that that he's he was the handsome guy, you know. And so seeing Newman and Cruz together was like that's probably a big deal for a lot of uh, a big deal for my mom. I remember that. But um... <laughs> well, and it just you know you just reeling those off. It just reminds me why his performance in this movie is so much better than those other movies. 
and it's a different kind of movie, right? So it's, it's it demands a different kind of performance. But if you compare performances, there's no question that the, he this is this is the movie. And I and I just kind of lament, like, how come this wasn't his career? Well, I mean, he, and I think he tried. I think he certainly tried, right? Like, I mean, after this, you know, you get your, you know, again, you get your cocktail. Uh, you get, you do get to the point where he's um, doing Rain Man, right? I mean, he's still playing the cocky guy, but that's a, that was kind of a, you know, that's a drama, right? I mean, that's a. It's certainly a, a drama. I mean, that, then you, he, you could say that that, I mean, I think that a lot of people would say that that's maybe his best performance. And then he, then he does Born on the Fourth of July, so that's a way off type, right? I, I mean, I forgot about that. You're right, I did. And then it starts to go to like Days of Thunder. Have you rewatched uh, Born on the Fourth of July recently? No, it's not good. No, I didn't. I didn't really. It's it's really. I didn't really good. like it a bunch. Do you have a favorite actor? Now that I've revealed my favorite actor, um, that's a really good question. I don't. I don't know that no, you're I've a really... big John Ritter fan. Yeah, gone too soon. Uh, I uh, like there are comedic. I I would probably say that someone that I'll probably go out of my way to watch is Bill Murray, right? Yeah, uh, and sense. I think it's and because and I think that's been a you talk about a guy. We talked about like uh, Pacino and becoming a cartoon, and then how you look at somebody who like Newman in this that goes a little more subtle. You want to talk about a guy who's gone full subtle? It's oh Bill well, Murray. I mean, he yeah, absolutely. He's he's had a transformation. In fact, you could say that. He goes from the cartoon, you know, early on, that's he, that's who he's playing in these movies. He's basically playing an over-the-top character. And then he just becomes a A-list actor later in his career. Yeah, and it's he almost does... The, it's almost the, the reverse Pacino. Right, and he does so... I mean, like, uh, Broken Flowers is a, is a great example of doing so little yet conveying so much just with body language and facial expressions. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, 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 he's definitely one of those that I'd say that probably like, I, I, I'll, I'll take a chance on something that might seem, you know, maybe not like my jam if he's sure. in it, just because, you know, I mean, like Rushmore, Rushmore is a wonderful example of how, how good he can be, even when he's a little bit over the top, but he still plays it real oh, subtle. He's perfect. Perfect. In that movie. Um, so yes, I would definitely say that that he's I don't know if he's my favorite, but he's he's one of those guys that probably like the same way that you feel about Newman in, in yeah. terms of uh, I'm going to I'm going to go on the and I and I do like the older stuff, right? I mean, I love Ghostbusters. I think Ghostbusters might be the perfect comedy um in many ways. Uh I and I and, you know Groundhog Day is 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 great and 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 he did it all while being um like hideous like he talk about the opposite of of <laughs> yeah. paul newman yeah the groundhog's day the, the most by the way groundhog's day consistently in my top 10 mm-hmm. the most unbelievable part of that movie is that andy mcdowell give him a, the time of day <laughs> i know i not know only, not only is he ugliest sin <laughs> he's got the worst personality in the history yeah. of personalities yeah. Yeah, and even on the day when that he everything goes right, it's like, how do you go from like he was a complete asshole the day before, and then now he's just like the nicest guy ever? I'm like, this guy's a serial killer. <laughs> Is there a trope, a device, or a cliche in this movie that you enjoyed? I mean, I. It's funny because we just got done talking about the the subtlety and the nuances of of Cruz's character, but. I did lock in when he when he's flipping the that when he 
swinging that pool cue around. He's Mr. Cocky. I'm like, I do find him fairly electric when he's doing that stuff. He's doing Werewolves of London. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I mean, you, you should just think that this guy, if you were walking and see that scene, you'd probably think that guy needs help. <laughs> right? But if you if you followed the journey, if you followed the journey up until now, you're totally in. You're like, yeah, you do, you do that. <laughs> he I the, the only thing I find perfect. a little bit the only thing I find a little bit unbelievable is at no point he uses that stick as a fake phallus. Like, I mean, really? I mean, that character would be <laughs> of like, of course he is. It's just crazy that that Scorsese opted opted to not. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I think it's not a cliche, but I've seen it in in almost every Scorsese movie. Is the the full camera arc panning around a room Mm -hmm. you're seeing the whole scope of a room uh in in a single shot that's a very scorsese move i feel like i've seen it in a dozen scorsese movies works every single time and i'm happy to think hey it's scorsese you know in, in other movies if you start to like clock the director's themes or whatever it kind of takes you out of it right right I'm happy. I'm happy every single time I see it in this Scorsese movie. It's a good. It's funny because it is a good movie, right? But it of all of Scorsese's films, it feels the most dated that I can think of. It, it's totally dated. It's totally it. It capture. There's a lot of '80s movies that kind of capture the pop element of the '80s. That that was uh-huh. such a big deal in the '80s. You know, people wearing giant shoulder pads and right. How many movies from the 80s really capture what it felt like to be like in Reno in February? You know, there right, <laughs> there right. was a lot of places in the world where it was not fun to live in the 1980s. Right, exactly. It's kind of a drag. And I and I when I say dated, it's interesting because I think it could be if it if it behaved as a period piece, which it kind of does almost because mm-hmm. I think it really captures it pretty well. Um it would it may have been played a little bit differently, but I think yeah. it's the music. I oh think gosh, because me... you got fill you got you've got like B tracks only in this film. Right. And it's and it's like it's it's, it's not weird gonna be we're... like Don Henley from the Eagles. It's gonna be like Don Henley's worst <laughs> song ever. <laughs> right. Well, and it's funny because you've got um every every song feels like it's a commercial for uh like for booze or cigarettes. Like or <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like it's like the uh it all feels like they're selling like wine coolers, like the music. Um, <laughs> Phil Collins. And... That was an interesting move, right? Like I was at <laughs> that song. Uh, which one was it? I'm drawing a blank. Uh, uh, all she wants to do is dance. Well, is no, that... that's that's the, the the Henley jam. Oh, that's right. Uh, Eddie, not those yeah, I gotta, I gotta. Give me a second. <laughs> Let's here. look it up. Because there was definitely uh Hi. How you doing? if you're if you're using Phil Collins to set the tone of your movie, you're making a statement. One more night. Yeah, just give me one more night. That's an odd one, like for that scene. 
because <laughs> he's playing pool and he's like learning about him, you know, and it's like he, we were seeing this brash, cocky video game playing guy yeah. beat the pants off another one to one more night. <laughs> Phil Collins. All right. I want to ask you about the video game. So he's not Stalker. even the best at he's not even the best at playing nine ball. He, he's the best at doing is playing <laughs> a video game, a video game called Stalker. Right. <laughs> And he thinks it's good. <laughs> he thinks that if he can get good enough, <laughs> that's right. West Point. The West Point's gonna just be banging down his door to ask him to, you know, bring his supernatural thumb reflexes to the military. <laughs> that's pretty great. I mean, it's it's an interesting moment, right? And I think Scorsese is. Uh, I can't quite tell if he's mocking this notion or if he's actually. Like oh no! I think in. he's mocking it. I, I think he's. <laughs> I think he's definitely saying, "This guy, this guy eats cornflakes for dinner. This guy wears a shirt that says Vince on it. He works at Child World. Child World. <laughs> this guy. This guy is barely old enough to be in this pool hall. I wonder if there's something else going on here, maybe unintentionally, but I wonder if pool as a pastime ends up falling victim to the rise of video games mm, interesting i remember the arcade taking over the pool hall. yes right? that's right yeah i think i think that's the case and i think that you see that in this film it's like this guy needs to be coached up by this old steak horse otherwise he's just gonna wind up in an arcade all day long right and then of course the entire media culture moves toward video games and pool becomes this a little bit depressing, a little bit like, hey, on a lark, let's play pool once a year just for, you know, t- just because it's kind of ironic fun or something. Um, A friend of ours just recently bought a house and there was a pool table in the basement. And the guy was trying to say, all right, well, I, I like to like you to buy the pool table for another thousand bucks. And my friend was like, no, you can take your pool table with you. And he ends up just leaving the pool table in the house because you think that it's valuable. You know, you're going to go out and spend five grand on a pool table. You can't even sell it for a thousand. Right. Yeah. Something wild. Well, if you bought a house and there was a stand up arcade game downstairs, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't care if the house is a fixer. <laughs> I'm taking it. Stand up. So, that, so that's the sequel. The sequel is the sequel is called Stalker. Night Stalker. It's Night Stalker. And he is. It, it plays as a, as a double term. He's still he's, so he's wow. working at Child World uh, in the stock room, yes. And uh, and then he he comes across like during one of the like one of the deliveries that there's like a the guy's got like some old video games in there. And he finds the stalker uh-huh. game, and uh, and he's like, "Where's that going?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna send now, it." Wait down a second, to this. I want there to be a big scene where he like he kicks it and it goes on. <laughs> he sees his old high score, but then it's unplugged in the back. Okay, so it's 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 evil. It's evil. It's it doesn't need batteries to to that's right. Got a soul of its own. So I like the idea that he then goes and finds some kid playing it, and he's like, you know, you're really good at it. You know, uh, word has it that if you're really good at this game, you know, you can, you might be able to 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 fly fighter jets. And so like we start seeing this crossover, and like now he's going to train, <laughs> train them up. I love it. I love it. This is this whole movie is all intertwined to Top Gun and Days of Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is this movie better, worse, or on par with a Ron Howard movie? Oh, it's uh, I think it's like a Howard plus like four, five, maybe. I think so, and I think it's I, I think that there's a sense in which the best Howard movies will do something like this. It's got the star power, you know. It's it's got it's got a you know it's a very entertaining film. What a lot of Howard movies can't pull off is electric Newman, electric Cruise. Mm-hmm. You get those two guys. So I think it's definitely better than a Howard movie, but I think that Howard does do a movie like this at his best. Yeah, I could see that. What's funny is like this is because it's a sequel and it is it's just maybe Scorsese's only sequel and it's not like he's he's never made a sequel to his own films, obviously. But um, it's an interesting move, right? Because it's like you get this kind of classic, gritty almost glacially paced film mm-hmm. uh, in The Hustler. And then you go, okay, Scorsese, now go make a sequel to that. And it could have been, there's a lot of choices you can make. And I think he he, he makes a lot of the right ones, right? Like, so he changes the pace up a little bit, but he, to your point, he doesn't lose the losery sense of it. Yeah. He, he takes that and he, and he, it, it feels like a natural progression. Like you said, like the pool hall, like the pool halls represent him. Like he, he's, he's not uh, a thing anymore. Right. Like he's, even when he would, cause he wasn't, he really wasn't a thing to begin with. Right. I mean, like he was a loser. Yeah. And what so, he says is he says that for me, it was over before it started. Yeah. And so here's, here's a, uh, all he, it's like, this is all he has to some degree. And he doesn't even really have that. And even at the end, he doesn't really have that. Right. I mean, he forfeits. Yeah. He, he, uh, we don't even know if he beats Cruz and it, doesn't matter right like it almost doesn't matter i mean like it, yeah. it, because that's not what this movie's doing and the other part you don't know is like that part of the journey with you know the whole you used me it's like we don't know that he's not going to continue to somehow use vince that's right. you know we don't know what that relationship is like and and there's so it's sort of it's bleak kind of like you say i mean i'm back it's like oh are you happy about that <laughs> And and it could be, look, no, <laughs> but at least I know this unhappiness, right? I mean, it's like there's something he's, about like yeah, I get a sense that this guy. Well, number one, he's an addict. I think that we we know he's an alcoholic from right. the first movie, and and he romanticizes it, right? Like he almost to say, like, hey, these guys right. are doing coke and 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 amphetamines. Like there's something human about alcoholism, that's right? right? That's right. It's biblical, so. I feel like he is, it feels like he's in it for the high. I feel like he gets a high out of the hustle. So the, the more believable the loss, there's an art of it. And he, he's, he likes the art of it. He likes the performance aspect, but he's, he's thrilled by it. And he's running up the stairs and he stops and he's like, let me just feel this for a moment. Like I, I feel alive again. That's what Tom Cruise brings to him. He brings that feeling that dopamine feeling of being a hustler again and of course that's what he's really using him for right he's not he's not just using him to make money he's got money he does he he's using tom cruise for the high right and i was so when he says i'm back what he's saying is i'm a degenerate gambler again (laughs) yeah that's what that's what he's saying 
it's pretty wild i mean it is and i love that it it you know because again the subversion of the of the uh of the sports movie you know he doesn't we don't know we <laughs> don't know if he wins or loses because the game it, it, it finishes by just saying the game was never the point right right and well i think he does lose i mean if you were going to ask me who wins the game between vince and eddie i think vince is going to win nine times out of ten mm-hmm so the fact that we don't get to see him lose at the end gives us a sense of like that initial cocaine hit without the the drop afterwards. Mm. So I think the movie ends where it ends, so you can kind of feel that high. But then you sit with it for a while and you start to feel like, well, why, why do I feel that way about Eddie? Like, shouldn't I feel sorry for him? I think it probably took me four or five times of watching this movie to realize like, oh, no, this guy's the loser. This guy is the the worst loser ever. And he and that's a badge of honor. (laughs) And he's turned it into an art form. This guy. Is there a half the battle one to grow on moment in this film, Steve? Uh, Yeah. Peel back those labels on your whiskey bottle. (laughs) You might think it's wild turkey. Oh my gosh. I did there were moments so I'm looking at this film and I'm like, God, everybody's breath has to be real bad. You think Newman's got old man breath in this film? I think everybody's breath had to be really bad, right? I mean, like anybody that was like up close, I mean, you know Iggy Pop had bad breath. <laughs> I didn't even recognize Iggy Pop. But I was looking at the Do you think that Iggy Pop has ever not had bad breath? Well, well, I just was shocked that Iggy Pop was in a shirt. Like that's probably Scorsese's like greatest work, right? <laughs> He's probably like, well, I think I think my character would be shirtless. He's like, Iggy, <laughs> Mr. Pop. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 